It's the week of August 4th, and this is MASHCAST number 131. edition of the mash those buttons mash cast i am jared and i am here with games industry public defender and scourge of iron forge nick zellenkevich hey how's everybody doing yes and welcome to mash cast number 131 we are really trying not to go over this time <laughs> <laughs> and we have plans we have plans so we don't do that so we're gonna kind of get right into it and since last week we missed the, you know, what you've been playing, we're going to do that this week. Because we know everybody wants to know what we've been playing. Nick, what have you been playing? Um, really two things uh, that I'll talk about. One, uh, I finally got around to playing the, uh, the Shadowrun. Uh, what was it? Sh- Sh- Shadowrun Returns, off, uh, which I got off the Steam sale a few months ago. Um, so I played that. Um, it was awesome. As someone, and I say that as someone who played the old Shadowrun RPG and had a group that I ran with, um, they brought the feel of that. I mean, they cheated a little bit insofar as it's like you have your set pieces, and then between set pieces during the loading screen, there was just like text to kind of explain like what's happening here. Um, it felt, but but that just made it feel like you know, like you know, like you're sitting there and your your DM is telling you like, okay, now this is happening, and and it was very like narratively descriptive. Like it felt like you know, like the way they described the characters it almost felt like a novel. Um, so like that like helped the atmosphere. Um, it's a straight up uh, like a, a turn based uh, tactical game um, and i like those so that that was fun um, and it brought the customizability of shadow run um, because i mean i always played like a, a street samurai who are armed with a lot of guns um, so my first time through i kind of focused on that a lot um, but then like later on you get a few different characters with different abilities and you got you kind of see how the other b- abilities work um, like the rigor was fun where you had got to control some uh, like little like drones uh, and also uh, the adept as far as having different uh, like melee, melee abilities. Um, so, no, overall I enjoyed it. If you're at all a fan of Shadowrun, um, definitely get the game. And in all honesty, if you're at all a fan of Shadowrun, you should probably have it by now. <laughs> um, I feel like I was late to the party on this. Um, and you can see, I mean, the credits have everybody who helped kickstart it in there. So they, the credits take a while to sit through. Um, but, the, you know, the story was good. The game was good. It felt... And it, I mean, it even kind of starts off where it's like, you know, it, it's like one of those plot hooks, like, okay, like we know, we, you know, we got to start a role playing game here. Let's just get you into that. And then, so you go through, you get into that, you can kind of play the reluctant hero who doesn't really want to be doing this, but you kind of are. And, uh, you know, it was a great story, great, great game. Um, if, you know, that had all the elements of Shadowrun I was looking for. So I, I enjoyed that immensely. It was great, great, you know, can't give it enough of a recommendation. Um, provided you like Shadowrun, I could see if somebody you know wasn't familiar with Shadowrun, hadn't played it, um, they might not enjoy it as much. But uh, it hit every note that it needed to hit, and then some. I, I loved it. Um, the other thing I've been playing, um, which I'll mention, is the uh, Hearthstone, uh, the Curse of Naxxramas, uh, which came out. Um, and we talked about this a little bit. I think we talked about the pricing scheme when that was announced uh, a few weeks ago. Um, now that it's actually out. I can kind of say that it feels a little expensive. Um, each week, and there's there's five weeks, but since if you, if you play as part of the uh, introductory period, you don't have to pay for the first week. So each week for seven dollars or seven hundred gold, and then the price goes down the more you buy in conjunction. Um, but each week for seven dollars or seven hundred gold, you get three boss fights, um, and so. You know, basically, you just play through. You you beat the, the three bosses. You get your cards. Um, then you unlock a heroic mode where you can face the bosses again, 
to uh, if you beat all, I guess it's 15 bosses, uh, you you can get a heroic card back. Um, and the heroic fights are hard. The problem is is that I mean, really, the meat of the gameplay is the heroic fights. You kind of go through, you you, pl- you face the bosses once you unlock the cards. That's great. They have two challenges each week uh, where you can get your class cards. Those those have actually been fun uh, because you're playing with a pre-made deck against a, a boss. The boss is intentionally unfair, but there's a way for you to beat them. Um, probably my favorite one so far has been the Hunter Challenge. Uh, the Hunter card, it's a, it's a, it's a low-powered card, but when you kill it, it gives you a random beast to play. And so that's all you have. So you're just playing these these weak cards, letting the boss kill them, and then you just keep earning back these random beast cards that you can play. Um, so it makes it completely – it's a completely out-of-your-control experience. Um, and that was just immensely fun to play through because uh, you just wind up with this overpowered army of beasts that you're just sicking on, um, on the boss. Um, so that was fun. But overall, though, you get the two – so you get two, two – Two like two challenges. You get the the three original fights, which you kind of blow through pretty quickly, and then it comes down to how hardcore you are into the heroic battles. Because I've seen a lot of people complaining, like, "Oh, I just looked up how to beat them online, and then I won." And it's like, of course, you're not going to get your value if you did that. the The whole point is for you to kind of like learn how to beat them. Like, you compose your deck, you play them, and then you have to figure out like where did you fail, or you know what, how do you need to better arrange your deck in order to beat them. If you just go right to the you know the end game and just say okay like this is a deck that'll beat them you go through and you do that and you do that in two seconds like you have no right to complain that you wasted money on like no experience because you shouldn't have done that like that's you are paying for the you know you're paying for the experience of basically getting your ass kicked until you figure it out not to just go online like i know a lot of games you can like oh i'm struggling with a certain fight or something you can go like look that up but there's so much more to most games that you know like if you if you kind of like you know like tutorial your way through a fight like that there's no big loss but um that's all there is for the hearthstone heroic mode and so as long as you don't do that you might find some value there i just haven't bothered to play them i played the once, got my ass kicked i said i'll come back to this later i don't need that heroic card back i think that's the other thing is that those heroic fights for the effort that you're putting in you're not getting much back for that you're getting one fifteenth of a card back each time um so um overall it feels it feels a little bit weak for the, the amount, you know, cause I mean, it's taking me like two weeks to earn the gold to buy each, uh, you know, to buy each wing. Um, so it feels a little weak in that respect, but I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's going to have the cards, the decks are going to change. And, you know, it's all, at least for me, it's all, you know, gold is just, you know, fake money. Um, I suppose it's technically time in some sense, but I don't know. It could be cheaper, but it's not bad. Um, so I don't know. I look, I look forward. I haven't, I haven't bought the military quarter yet. That just came out the other day. Um, I have the gold. I just haven't bought it yet, but, uh, I look forward to playing that, getting more cards. Okay. Well, I, I, I honestly didn't expect for you to have played anything <laughs> because you usually <laughs> don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I know the thing is I'm always playing Warcraft and Hearthstone and for Hearthstone, this actually kind of was different enough that it was worth talking about. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so, I've played a couple of things, but one of them I can't remember if it was in July or not. Was The Wolf Among Us the finale in July? I believe it was. Uh, that feels like it was fairly recent. I believe so. Yeah, I think it was. I'm going to come, I'm going to check into that, but I'm going to come back and see. I'm going to come back if it was. Uh, but one thing that definitely came out in July yep. was The Wolf. July 9th. Okay, then let's talk about it now. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> So I played. This it was the finale of the Wolf Among Us. I really enjoyed that series more than I thought. It actually took me a while to to get into playing it because actually I got it for cheap on Steam sale, and uh, then it just kind of sat there. And I played some of the Walking Dead. Like I played the Walking Dead up until episode was it three? I think yeah, up until episode three. And then one night, it had to be, I don't know, it was like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, I was working on something, and I was like, you know what, let me let me open up The Wolf Among Us, and start playing it, and dude, like, I almost played straight through it. I played through episodes 1 through 4, uh, probably within about, I don't know, 4 or 5 hour window, so birds were chirping and the sun was out before I got to bed that night. 
And um, luckily for me, the actual finale came out that Tuesday. It came out that Tuesday. So I played through it. And I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think I liked it enough that I would actually go and read the Fables comics. But the the story and how tell uh, you know what Telltale did with it, it it definitely felt different than the other games the other games are usually more narrative driven but this one definitely had more action like you have more fights and more QTEs and more aiming and you know stuff like that like the I thought the, the I thought this finale was definitely better than any other finale they've done so far like including the Walking Dead season 1 finale uh, the Walking Dead Season 2 finale should be coming up, I guess, in a few weeks or a month or so. Um, and I will see how that is. But this finale kicked the shit out of the Walking Dead Season 1 finale. It really did. It, it was really good. And you finally get to see Big B turn into the Big Bad Wolf. You know, and that, that shit was really hot. Um, and that, That's something that they were building to, like, all se- series, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I thought we saw him turn into the Big Bad Wolf before, because he, ha- he turns into this wolf thing. Uh, and uh, I'm, kind of, I'm sorry, I'm kind of spoiling it for some people right now. Uh, so he kind, of, you know, he kind of turns into this big wolf thing. But that's not it. That, that, like, when, when he turns into the big wolf thing, like he, he's not uh, you know, invincible, but he's like super strong, he's fast, and all that stuff. Um, but like when he turns into like the big bad wolf, I'm like, wow, that is a big bad wolf. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And, uh, the one thing I am interested in, because, you know, it has a lot to do with the lore of, you know, these, um, fairy tales that we've known for so long. And a lot of these fairy tales have variations. And I like the way that with, with, with Snow White, they tied in both versions of Snow White. Like there's a version like, there's a version that's like the Disney version that a lot of us know where Snow White bites into the poison apple and blah, 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 all that happens. But there's a totally different version where Snow White has a sister called Rose Red, and they're both kids, and they live with their mother. You ever hear of this version, Nick? No. So, they look like, she lives, Snow White and Rose Red live with their mom, who's sick, and they're both kids, and it's wintertime. And, uh, they get a, you know, somebody knocks on the door... And it's a bear. And the bear's like, hey, I'm not going to eat you. I just want a place to sleep that's warm. I'm like, dude, you're a bear. You shouldn't be here right now. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) um, So, like, basically all winter long, they let this bear into the house to sleep. And every morning he he gets up and leaves. Uh, He said one day, like, when the summer came, he says he has to get up and and leave and go protect a treasure of his or something like that from an evil, from some evil. During the summertime, they meet this dwarf who has his beard stuck in a tree. And I'm like, dude, how'd you get your beard stuck in a tree? That didn't happen either. But, um, yeah, he got his beard stuck in a tree. And they helped him by cutting the beard. And he's not grateful. Then every time they see him, he's always in some type of trouble. They help him, and he's very ungrateful. The last time they see him, um, he's about to be attacked by Mr. Bear, who they've been letting into their, uh, you know, the house. And he tells the bear, hell, don't eat me, eat those kids. And he eats the dwarf instead because he knows the kids. And when he eats the dwarf, he turns, the dwarf was apparently some evil dwarf that turned him into a bear. And he's really a prince. And so he marries Snow White and then her sister marries his brother. That's the other Snow White that nobody Hmm. hears about. I wonder why. Yeah. (laughs) But yet. They tie both Snow Whites together to make the Snow White that is in um that's in the Wolf Among Us. Uh and I think I think in the Wolf Among Us or in the Fables world, uh the prince cheated on her and she ended up uh and she ended up leaving anyway, you know, cuz she had to come to the real world. Um and she meets the bear, she knows Bigby or the Big Bad Wolf. Um, which took me, it took me into episode like two or three to realize what they were saying. Cause his name is Big B Wolf. Yeah. But it's spelled like, you know, the way it's spelled, it doesn't look like that. So it's, you know, it's BB Wolf, like Big Bad Wolf. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, basically what I'm trying to get at is like, it has a lot of, like, it, it ties in a lot of the lore from, from known fairy tales and obscure fairy tales, but it's like 
the hardcore version, not the Disney version of said fairy tales, which is kind of cool. Um, and like as you're discovering characters, you find like they they tell you about this fairy tales and how they interact with each other and how this this fairy tale knows this fairy tale and you know you find out about the big bat wolf. You find out you know oh well, I guess I'm pretty sure they made this part up. I'm not sure. I, didn't follow that part lore, but the big bad wolf was actually the runt of his litter, and you know something happens with his mom. The mom dies, and he vows to become. He tries to protect her body, but her body gets eaten anyway. And he be vows to become the biggest baddest wolf he can, and that's what he does. Um, so it also explains why the uh, that the the woodsman from uh the woodsman from Little Red Riding Hood was able to uh. I guess fill his stomach with rocks and toss him into a lake, and why he can actually survive that, you know, stuff like that. I mean, the guy's alive. They gotta, they gotta put something together. <laughs> it, it, it showed, it showed a lot of. It was reading that stuff was really cool and it was really interesting, and that's why I liked it. So, The Wolf Among Us definitely good. Walking Dead season two, episode four. I liked it, and maybe it was just the way that I played it. But I didn't necessarily like the outcome of, of that. And I don't know. I mean, the the games play based on how you play them, you know, yourself. So I, could, I, I might only be able to blame myself. But I think this season, I'm definitely going to be replaying it to see if I can make things happen differently or if I just didn't have a choice. Because some things you just don't have a choice. Like um, the way certain people died, I'm like, really? Like there was no way to, to save X person? I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting the way episode four went off. It was just like it was a real shit show. Like it was just it's getting more like the re- the real Walking Dead show, or even worse than the real Walking Dead show. It's like Jesus Christ, what else is gonna happen? You know. Well, just so, as far as like the stuff they're putting everybody through, it's just get gets worse and worse. Yeah, it's definitely like this this at the like you know this season is definitely of, of you know the Walking Dead is definitely worse than what was going on in season one. Like, it's it's just, it's a total downer. <laughs> it is a total downer. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm still having that, that problem with immersion. You know, like, I, I talked about it before, I think. I'm having the, still having that problem with immersion in the game because of, uh, you know, I think it's because I know too much about Clementine. And so I can't get immersed into her character. But I'll discuss that another time. Um, besides that, I did pay, play Aperture Tag, uh, the paint gun testing initiative. And that was pretty awesome. Basically, instead of a portal gun, you get a paint gun. And you have to solve these test chambers using the paint instead. And it, it, for those who don't remember, you had the blue paint, which can make you bounce up and down. And you had the, the orange paint, which made you speed up. There's also white, well, white, there's not paints, they're gels. But you had the white gel in portal too but since you're not using portals the white gel is completely useless to you um so you don't use it and it was interesting it was like 27 test chambers and like some of the it definitely had had a portal one feel to it and the fact that a lot of puzzles had to do with momentum speed and accuracy and and portal two you just don't have that i think and that was in favor at least in my opinion it was in favor of people who were using a controller like so, like some of the portal the puzzles in Portal One will be extremely hard doing it with the with the actual controller, and you don't have to worry about that in uh, Portal Two. Uh, but there there's like new music and it fits really well. Uh, voice narration and he's not that bad actually. <laughs> you know, um, the puzzles are hard. Someone I should sorry, not all the puzzles are hard. Toward the end, some of the puzzles get really tough because you have to solve them in very obscure ways. Like you know, in Portal Two, if if you try if you were tr- if it felt like you were trying to put a round peg into a square hole, you knew you were doing it wrong. Whereas in this one, you could just be doing it not good enough, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, th- it, that was really nice. I, I I enjoyed that game. And there's two endings. If you're gonna play it for anybody who's gonna play it, there are two endings, but you have to explore to get the second ending. The only thing I will tell you is that. It's not something you have to do early in the game. It's the last test chamber. There's something in the last test chamber. If you can find it, you you, you will get a different ending. 
I'm not going to tell you what happens. But it's good. Uh, other than that, I have been playing Ali Ali, which was a mobile title before. And now they have it on PC, uh, which is good. I just, you know, the problem I have with it is my own. Whenever I play a skate game, my brain goes into Tony Hawk mode. Cause I played Tony Hawk year for year for so long. And so, like, one of the things about Ali Ali, um, to do a trick, you have to hold down or left or right, and then you kind of go up, or you release it, and you'll do the trick. And you have to press A when you're close to the ground or to the to the rail that you're going to grind, and that's how it determines how well you land. When I, like, whenever I jump, I'm so used to just hitting A that I hit A early, and then my, you know, my landings are, are messed up, or I don't get the points that I should have when I landed. Uh, but other than that, it's actually a pretty cool game with really good music. It has really good music. At least for an old hip-hop head like me. Uh, I just call myself an old hip-hop head. I'm not old. I'm like not even 38. Nick's old. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ali Ali is really cool. Um, so you'll see a review for that soon. Yeah, but that's what I have been playing. I have been playing that. Uh, I guess we'll let's just get into the news bites. Um, we actually we have uh, <laughs> quite a few news bites, but we may not hit them all. So we'll, we'll see. We we des- after last week's thirty minute news bite <laughs> section, we said okay, we're gonna do ten minutes of news bites, and no matter what, after the end of the ten minutes, we are going to move on to our topics. So we're gonna put ten minutes on the clock and go. Uh, so, um, first thing up is there was a white Xbox bundle, uh, spotted on a French website. Uh, yeah, and then it was actually taken down very soon after that. And the reason that's significant is because there was some information released on NeoGAF, uh, earlier this year that said there was going to be a white Xbox. I'm not sure if it said it was a bundle, though, but it said it was going to be a white Xbox released to the public, um later this year. So it's a line there. Now, white Xboxes, uh, well, sorry, white Xbox Ones exist already. We know that because they were given to the internal development team at Microsoft. Uh, but they have not been available to anybody on the outside. So for all we know, the pictures we're seeing of the white Xbox could just be one of the, de- one of the uh, gift ones that was given away. But more than likely, it, it we do believe that it is going to be released on retail. And it makes sense that Microsoft will try to hide this because if you want a white Xbox, you'll just wait until Christmas. And they don't want you to wait. That's the thing. It's the same reason that they waited so long to say, yes, we're lowering the price. I think that it was like a week or two beforehand when they said they were lowering the price. Uh, yeah, not even. It was, it was, it was, they didn't give you a lot of time on that. Yeah, like they don't want you to be like, oh, okay, well, the the version I want's coming out, so I'm just gonna hold off. But I mean, like, okay, I cannot, I, I can kind of understand, like, you know, let's just, you know, get this price release out there as, as soon as we can. Um, but the the white console one, just just release it already. Like, what's the point? Like, I feel bad if there's anybody who's like, I really want a white console, but I, for whatever reason, I'm impatient enough that I can't wait. <laughs> I have to buy a console now and then like now then they're going to get screwed over because they didn't wait till Christmas. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. How much does it cost to paint your Xbox? Like this shops, I'll do it for you. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, do all yeah, types I, of custom jobs and stuff. Yeah. Just, just, just announce it. Let people pre-order it now. This way you can get your, your sales in early, put a pre-order bundle with it. Maybe like a case to make it red if you want or something. I don't know, but just, I don't know. I, I, if, if, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. I guess that's the thing. Like, I just, I just don't feel like the color of my console is not very high on my list of like priorities. Like, if I want a console to play those games, I'm not gonna be like, well, I'm just, I'm not gonna buy the console and play those games just because it doesn't match my my living room. Like, no, I'll buy it. I'll put it somewhere. It's sitting in. A, it's sitting in the the the, the, uh, the TV console anyway. It's stashed away. It's fine. Yeah, I don't see the big deal either, but for some people it is. Some people will just wait and, you know, oh, I want a white Xbox. They'll just wait, you know. Kind of the way, like, I'm waiting for certain games to come out. Like, you know, 
Like, I, I, I'm going to get one at this point. I know that. But it's just like, when? Like, it's not pressing to me to get one right now. Because if I got one right now, I don't know what I... There's nothing I really want. I mean, when the Halo collection comes out and when Sunset Overdrive is out, it's a different story. So maybe then. But that's that's different because, like, that's that's why you buy a games console is for the games. <laughs> You're not buying it to have just, like, a black or white box just sitting there. And I guess, I mean, maybe... I don't know. I don't know. I think... And I feel like there's, there's there's a lot of like secrecy here for no good reason. Like even the people who are like, oh, like the number of people who would wait for this and then are gonna buy a console and then get screwed over. I feel like it's not that many. Like just just announce it, just release it. It doesn't matter. Right. Just, just be done with this. <laughs> All right. So what else? So uh, looks like there is. Well, I'll put, there we knew that there was gonna be a PS3, Xbox 360 exclusive Assassin's Creed game. Uh, coming out this year, and um, Ubisoft officially announced it's called Assassin's Creed Ro- Creed Rogue, uh, and it follows an ex-assassin, Shea Patrick Cormac, who used to be an assassin and now he's a Templar, and he hunts down other assassins, or well, not other assassins, but assassins now. And it was funny because Ubisoft, I think they released this as a counter to a leaked trailer that came out earlier that day and they're just like fuck it put it up because it was on their facebook page before it was on any news sites like the official the official um video so they just did it as a counter take you take notes microsoft yeah (laughs) ubisoft does that like you know whenever like i guess a trailer or some information leaks they just come out with it well that's what happened with assassin's creed um unity in general yeah because there's no there's no point in hiding it yeah so you know, that's what they did. I'm actually more excited about this one than I am about Unity because it looks like this one has naval combat. I saw a ship, and they say you travel in it. If it's got guns, <laughs> I don't see why they won't let me. You know, you know, you know, fuck some people up on the high seas. That's what I want. That's all I want, Nick. I kind of hope that this like continues to where it's like you just put like Assassin's Creed, like Nemo. You just, get, you just get your own submarine. I'll uh, be. I'd do it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see what else we got here. Activision. Uh, they announced uh, their second quarter financials, and uh, they're still looking pretty strong. Uh, the net revenues were 970 million versus 1.5 billion from last year, and most of their mostly, I'd say Blizzard. Most of the Blizzard stuff was uh given the cash, of course, World of Warcraft, uh, Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls, and uh, what else we got Hearthstone. here? Hearthstone. Hearthstone, yes. Hearthstone. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, people. a lot of people were poo-pooing Activision because Call of Duty Ghost sucked, but Call of Duty Ghost is still selling. So even though, it, even though a sucky Call of Duty com- game comes out, the community hails it as a sucky game because a lot of people traded ghosts in and went back to black ops um it's still yeah it's they activision doesn't care <laughs> the, how many how many bad call of duties in a row do they need before people stop buying call of duty i don't know I, my limit's three but is that most people's limit or is it just like know. it's so ingrained into the culture now this is like oh next year will be better don't worry about it next year will be better don't worry about it like at what point is like can they lose the average fan? I don't know. Like for me, it takes three games. Like I, I will give them three strikes, and then uh, if uh, you know if it if if on the third game it's still bad, then I, I I stop following. That's what happened with me and Need for Speed. Rest in peace, because I don't even know if they're gonna bring. Them. Eventually, I guess you be uh, you be EA will bring it back. But uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, Nick, Ultima Online. I, you like <laughs> Ultima Online's going off, and Nick has something to say. No, it's just it's funny because it's called Ultima. Ultima was Ultima Forever, and yeah, it only Ultima lasted Forever, a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the only the only real thing I note is that it was a free to play game, and I couldn't see anything about like the in app. If there were any like in-app purchases or anything like that, like I hope it was just pure free-to-play with like su- supported by advertising. 
Because I feel bad if you bought a game called, you know, not bought, but you downloaded Ultimate for Ultima Forever, you spend a ton of money on the in-app stuff, and then after a year it's gone. But then again, I also kind of feel like it, there couldn't have been too many people doing that. Otherwise, it would have lasted more than a year. But now we know how long Forever is. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so what else we got here? Oh, the Blizzard update to Hearthstone. You want to cover that one, too? Uh, yeah, real quickly. Um Last week, when the play quarter was released, uh, there were some problems with people buying it. Uh, this was like the first real um, th- th- that was the first real test of the uh, in-app purchasing for the story content. That, well, I say story adventure mode content that they were releasing. Um, people would go and they'd try to they they hit the bu- the button to buy the play quarter. It didn't load right, so they hit the buy button again. Sometimes they hit it a third or a fourth time, and then they either lost that much gold so like what you know a 700 gold for the wing they might have lost like 2800 gold if they hit it enough times and they had enough gold or uh, if they were spending money they might have spent up to 28 dollars just trying to get this to unlock it still didn't unlock um so basically what blizzard said is that they're working to get everybody their, their gold back um as far as the money goes, if you bought it from a credit card, uh, I think they're working with the credit card vendors to get that back. If you bought it through iTunes, which I didn't even know you could do, uh, but I guess it makes sense if you, if you did it on the iPad, um, that you actually have to go to Apple uh, because of the way iTunes uh, refunds work. Um, you have to work with, with uh, Apple to get your money back from them. That's out of Blizzard's hands. Um, but generally, Blizzard is working to get your money back and your gold back. Um, I'm hoping most people got whatever they spent back in time for the military quarter on Tuesday. But uh, I haven't heard any problems with people buying the military quarter. So it could be that they got everything figured out. Or it could be that everybody that had the problems didn't feel like trying to buy the military quarter or couldn't didn't have the gold back to buy it yet. Um, so that's a little disappointing. But... Uh, overall, it looks like everything got squared away going forward. So, um, you know, if if you, if you got afflicted by that, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's all resolved soon. Okay, and that's it. That's our ten minutes, Nick. We can't do any more. Oh, damn, that's it. That's it. Yeah, we oh. we have two other we have two other news bites. One about the Mass Effect creator leaving Bioware. I don't know and... if he's creator, but yeah, he left. Yeah, it says right there, Mass Effect creator. Where does it say that? Casey Hudson. And the title. What title do you have? Or they change it. Yeah, my Mass Effect creator Casey Hudson leaves Bioware's orbit. I just have Mass Effect lead Casey Hudson leaves Bioware. Oh, okay. Well, it's uh, uh, that's on joystick. Who are you looking at? Oh, Polygon? yeah, I'm look- yeah, Polygon. Uh, okay. And the other was that there's actually a un- there was an un- uh, unreleased Duke Nukem game discovered by the Library of Congress, which I think I'm actually going to put something on the site about that. That's that just was, awesome. That was pretty cool. That's hilarious. But uh, let's get into our topics. Uh, which a uh, couple topics we're gonna cover. Uh, one, Dan Adelman, he left Nintendo. For those who don't know who you were, who he was, uh, he was the guy who was handling Nintendo's uh, indie de- developer relationships, which haven't been that great. <laughs> um, well, really, so we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, also, the study came out saying video games are good for children, but I'm pretty sure nobody's gonna pay attention to that. What we're gonna talk about it tonight. Uh, also, GameStop is overhauling their trade-ins. Going to have fun with that one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let's start with uh, Twitch. Uh, they are implementing technology, a uh, content ID, very much. Sorry, not very much. Exactly like YouTube's uh, in terms of audio. Gee, so, that seems coincidental. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> what is happening here is. Uh, now, everything we're going to talk about, I just want to put this out there. Every one thing we're going to talk about for right now does not affect live streams. It yes. will only affect highlights and, uh, well, actually, yeah, highlights because they're getting rid of, uh, they're actually getting rid of archive streams. Archives. Like full, well, like the- full archives. You cannot save forever anymore. Yeah, you can save, what was it, I think 90 days or something? Or Only if you have a subscription. Yeah. So the, so the archives are still there, but they're not as useful as they were. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you you're basically if you want to save an entire stream, you have to break it down into highlights, which actually isn't that difficult, but still. Um, Is there a, a length cap on how long a highlight can be? I don't know. I've never tried to make a highlight that long. Like most of my highlights have been like a minute or two. Hmm. Uh, but 
So yeah, uh, they are implementing the same technology that YouTube uses to scan for copyrighted material. And that just happened a few months ago. Or has it only been a few months, Nick? I think or... it's been a few months, and, and it's, it's been a few months because we basically have the same thing happen with YouTube that we have happening now with Twitch. Yeah, and that was devastating for YouTube. Um, a lot of people stopped getting paid over uh, advertisements, like, and so a lot of people were losing money over it. Um, now, with Twitch, the way it's going to work is if it's detected, if, like, you know, audio is detected, like, you know, copyrighted material is detected, then um, Twitch is actually just going to mute your stream. Well, if in 30-minute blocks. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, if anywhere within that 30 minutes any copyrighted sounds are detected, that entire 30-minute block muted. Yeah. A 30-minute block, that is extreme. I think that's pretty extreme for a song that your average copyrighted song lasts, I don't know, like a minute and a half, four minutes. Yeah, but if you're just oh, sorry, playing, not, that's say a minute and a half. I'm going to say like three minutes and a half. If you're just playing like an entire album, I mean, there you go. That's it. That could be an hour. Yeah. But, okay. I'll, you no, could, uh, I mean, the problem, the problem really, I mean, I can't imagine there were too many people who were like, I, you know, I want to store an entire album online. Let me stream it on Twitch and then bury it in my archives. Um, so I don't think that's the issue here. The problem is that you get you get people playing games and either they'd, I guess, play their own soundtrack over it, which of course their own soundtrack being whatever you know unlicensed music they happen to own on their iPod or whatnot, or they'd be playing a game which had licensed music, but that music was then not necessarily relicensed for streaming archival and, and there i'm thinking like the gta's like where they have an amazing soundtrack but it's not you know but it's also actual licensed copyrighted music so like theoretically somebody could be like oh i'm just gonna go listen to like the you know watch a gta stream to listen to some you know good music instead of just using youtube or you know the uh, i can't think of the uh, like pandora or any other you know legitimate music service right um, but you know and then i guess that's really the problem is that you know Okay, so you know technically you shouldn't be streaming GTA with the sound on, basically, because of licensing issues with the music there. That which that sucks for any GTA streamers, but I think that that's something they can work around. The problem though is when you get into like the false positives that were flagged, like Valve getting the sound cut out of their uh, the international Dota 2 tournament archives because it violated Valve's copyright. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure tons of that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, actually, that's what I was thinking about. Because I, I, you know, I specifically thought of Watch Dogs. Um, because they, there's several licensed songs in Watch Dogs. Actually, well, I mean, of course, I mean, they have a radio. Then that played the radio itself plays a soundtrack. But to be honest with you, I thought the soundtrack kind of sucked for Watch Dogs. So they can mute that, that game. Uh, but they, like, I was thinking specifically of uh, there's parts in the gameplay, not just when you're driving. Like, this is one part where you have to set this ambush, and when you start the ambush, Cream starts playing. Mm. That's from Wu-Tang, and if you don't know who that is, please stop listening to my podcast. <laughs> but you the, know, when, um, when you said Cream starts playing, I thought of the 70s band. Really? Yes. Oh, you, oh God damn it, Nick, you're fired. <laughs> I'm old! <laughs> yeah, Cream from uh, Wu-Tang starts playing. Um, uh, and they, uh, it's nothing, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, that would suck, like, you know, especially if you're live streaming it. Like, imagine if you're just playing on, if you're streaming it from your PS4, you know, which that would have been my case. I would have been streaming from the PS4. You just, bam, you hit the share button, right? And you get to that part. And at first, like, you really, you don't hear it. Well, no, so you do hear it, but it sounds like it's coming from the inside of a car. And then when you actually start it, actually, I think you have to blow up the car that's playing the music. And when you blow up the car that's playing the music, which is pretty much inevitable, it starts actually just playing the actual song. Really, one of the best parts of Watch Dogs, if you ask me. Um, but, yeah, though, something like that will get your stream muted, which sucks. 
now that makes me wonder because one of the big things coming out of last year's E3 was like, oh, you have the share button on the PlayStation 4 that you just hit and you just share it with everybody on Twitch. And so you're, you're, you're entirely right now that if you've got all these games and they want you to share them, they want you to be social. But now if they've got licensed content in the game that's going to get you muted, is there a way on the PlayStation for you to like after you stream it? Because when you stream it, you're OK. When you stream it, they, they're not coming after you. And I don't know if they can stop you. Like, because I don't even know how. They, like, I think that's part of the problem. Right I don't, now they can. They, I think if they had the tech to stop but, you while streaming, they would. But then, like, they, are they just going to mute you? Like, how would you know that you're violating the content with what, like. Oh, because they, they're going to, they're muting you. That's yeah, how you find not, out. <laughs> you're, the only, I guess the only way you would know that you're muted is if you see in the comments on the side, like, oh, hey, you were, you're muted because you're playing something. Yeah. But that assumes that. I guess you're paying attention to the comments while you're playing, but um, Which no, is difficult but, to do, by the way. Exactly, <laughs> <I> exactly. <tried. laughs> um, no, but I guess the question is though: on the PlayStation, do you have the ability when you share after you stream it live, assuming that you're streaming it live, when you share it, do you have the ability to go back and edit the sound at all so that you can make it content? You can you can make the content like valid. So you can be like, okay, you know, I ha- I'm gonna you know, cut the sound out of the game for this part here so I don't get all 30 minutes muted. You just have, like, five minutes muted while the song plays. Not for Twitch. I mean, like, if you wanted to go and post it to Facebook or something, no problem. Uh, if, yeah, if you wanted to, like, post it to Facebook, sure, you can use the, uh, I forget what it's called, I guess the Shares Factory. Yeah, Share Factory on the PS4. You can use that to edit the video and the audio. But once it's on Twitch, the only thing you could do is, like, edit the timing of the video and then save it as a highlight. Hmm. So yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Like it's, there's really nothing they can do about that. That's that. That seems like somebody wasn't thinking that far ahead when, when they decided to put that button on the PS4. Yeah. Well, no, well, how were they supposed to know this was going to happen? Exactly. But I think, I think it's more so that Twitch should have been like, Hey, you guys may not want to do this, but I guess, you know, Twitch didn't know they were going to get bought by YouTube. Why would yeah. they think that? <laughs> yeah, so. so. But, uh, yeah, so if you if you stream on a regular basis, uh, you just want to watch out for that. Uh, I don't really use music when I stream myself. And actually, a lot of my games, I uh, like my co-op games, I will actually turn the audio down, especially, like, the music off. Like, Borderlands, I don't even play with the, the Borderlands music. Um, I don't know, like, I just, when I'm playing co-op, I prefer it that way, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> but, uh, let's move on here. Let's talk about Dan Adelman leaving Nintendo. Uh, like I said, he is the guy who, he managed the relationships between the indie devs. He used to tweet, well, now he's tweeting again because he left Nintendo, but he used to tweet a lot, and a lot of, uh, not a lot of the things, but some of the things that he tweeted were actually against what Nintendo's policies were, got in trouble for it, to the point where they stopped him from tweeting as a term of his employment. And apparently they even offered him like somebody from marketing to, to, to ghost tweet for him, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but yeah, so he, he, he made this tweet. This is how he announced he was leaving Nintendo. Happy to announce I reached an agreement with Nintendo. Now this is on Twitter. Happy to announce I reached an agreement with Nintendo uh, of America whereby I can tweet again. Arrangement includes my not working there anymore. <laughs> which I thought was pretty slick. But uh, apparently he doesn't harbor any ill will against Nintendo. Uh, why, why would he? Oh, I, I, well, I mean, they, they kind of muzzled him. You know, if I know if my job told me that I could not tweet anymore, like my personal Twitter account, like, that's that's a problem. Well, I think... I, th- I think the issue there was, though, that he knew that he, because of, you know, he knew he was kind of a sp- unofficially a spokesman for the company, and he knew that he was, you know, like, it came down to where he wasn't towing the company line. I think the issue there is really that Nintendo's a bit draconian this re- in this regard, that, you know, they wouldn't let him speak out in disagreement with a lot of their policies. And the, the sad thing is that really, I mean, what I think made Dan a great, asset as far as being in nintendo is that he was very much like a member of the indie community like he like anytime there was like an issue where everybody like hey man nintendo's doing something wrong he agreed with them he agreed with the community and and 
went against Nintendo. Like the whole um, the whole thing about how indie indie developers for Nintendo had to have an office and couldn't work at home. And you know that was one of the first things that he came out against. And he said that policy was stupid. And well, I don't know if he said it was stupid, but he came out against the policy. And you know, and that's the first time he kind of got in trouble. And, you know, he even talks about how, like, Nintendo had people who would, like, look up a company on Google Maps and then check Street View to be like, does this look like an office? Does this look like a residential place? And then if it looked like a residential place, they would, like, get more pictures. And then they'd be, like, looking at, like, you know, pictures from within the office to be like, oh, there's a couch there. Is that, like, just a couch or is somebody, like, sleeping on that couch? Like, they were really, really anal about this policy. And ultimately, it's it's kind of stupid. Like, you know, where are the... You know, where you're developing your games doesn't matter as long as the games are good. And that was sort of like, you know, he was sort of like the indie community's warrior within Nintendo, where even though he couldn't publicly be like, hey, I support you guys, I get why you're upset about some of these policies, he could at least, you know, work within the company to be like, hey, man, you're doing this wrong. And I know, like, the office policy did get turned around. Um, You know, some some of the other stuff, uh, you know, they're still working on, but... uh, no, it's uh, it's it's a bit of a shame. I mean, at the very least, though, he didn't leave on bad terms. He left because he was interested in uh, working with a lot of the indie developers more closely and sort of being like a business manager for the developers. Um, so I think he's going to be working with a bunch of different devs. Uh, he didn't say how many. I think he's trying to figure that out as sort of like a consultant as far, from like the business perspective to help them, you know, put business plans in place, you know, get their game marketed properly, stuff like that. Um, and you know, and that, and that's. I mean, he certainly has the relationships within the community to be doing that. So, you know, good for him. It doesn't. You know, it's not like Nintendo forced him out, and it's not like he, as much as he chafed against the policies. Clearly, he was able to work there because I mean, he was. You know what? He was muzzled on Twitter for what, like two years, and he, you know, he stayed yeah, there and endured that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like a problem there. Um, so, you know, overall, it it seems like it was. You know, it was just time for him to leave. But I, I think. It'll be interesting to see who replaces him because, as I said, like, you know, Dan seemed very much like a champion of the indie games community. Um, it'll be interesting to see if whoever takes his spot, you know, also feels the same way or if they might actually fall in line a little bit more with Nintendo's policies. If that might be something where Nintendo's like, okay, like, whoever's going to replace you, how do you feel about, you know, these issues, you know, about, you know, like having religion in your games, like with the Binding of Isaac um, and the issues that that leads to? Um, you know, I, I could see Nintendo wanting somebody who's, they're not going to have to police as much just because he, that person won't be, you know, won't be, you know, fighting against them so much. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if it was his decision to leave Nintendo or, you know, or theirs. Or, I mean, he said that it was mutual. So maybe something just came up. They couldn't agree on it. And he's like, you know, it's probably best if we just part both ways. And they're like, yeah, I bet it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> It sound it sounds like his decision. Like it sounds like the way he talked about his plan for working with the other the uh, the businesses, the, uh, the the indie developers. It sounds like that that's something that he's wanted to do. And now, admittedly, he could just be spinning that very well, and it could have you know, it could be something that maybe he always had on the back burner, and Nintendo kicked him out, and he's like, okay, time to go to Plan B. Um, but I got the impression like he decided it was time for him to go, and that's why that's why he's doing this. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that his muzzle is off, he has been saying some things about Nintendo. Uh, he did a uh, online Q&A, and one of the things that he said, and this is a quote, uh, Wii U is not selling as well as it deserves. It has a lot to offer with great games, and you can't, uh, you can't get anywhere else. The value of the gamepad hasn't been justified, but the name Wii U is abysmal. I think they cut sales in half right there. So, uh, not too surprising. <laughs> you know, because you know he they had Nintendo had to muzzle him in the first place. Obviously, he's opinionated, uh, but yeah, he he is definitely speaking his mind right now. Um, I don't necessarily think the Wii the name Wii U is that big of a problem though. In I think my it goes back to the argument about it's a bit confusing. Like if it was like Wii Two, then people would understand. Like okay, it's a different console. If it was Wii Three Sixty or Wii One. Um, and people would understand, like, okay, it's the next in a, in a line of consoles. But I can see how, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, it may be something that he may have seen from, you know, being within the company to actually see where there were conflicts. Um, but even then, I feel like, you know, if he was mostly dealing with indie developers, they would they should have known enough to know, okay, it's a different console. So, 
it seems like mostly it's just his opinion. I'm sure I'm sure that he would have voiced that within the company at some point, even if like off the record within the company. But uh, I can't. He, he would seem pretty far removed from the console naming department. Yeah, I mean, I never understood why that was so confusing to people. I don't understand. Like when I first saw the video, well, I, I mean, I watched the E3 stream live. And I clearly knew that this was a new console. Like you could see it in the video. They just yes. didn't feature it. Like here it is. Like this is what it looks like. You know, if I, you're watching E3, you're not the kind of person who's not going to understand that difference. The problem they, is, they, you know, you, the, a lot of media outlets were confused. Like, is it a controller? Is it a console? Like, people didn't know. People who were there were saying they didn't know whether it was a console or not. I remember, well, Jeff Keeley being on on stream confused like oh, i don't know like well, I, think, I think that's just an argument that too much doritos and mountain dew rots your brain <laughs> but there were a lot of people who were not 100 percent sure if it was a console or if it wasn't i just didn't understand like how could you not understand that it's a new console a lot of people thought it was, that it was just a uh a new controller but know? that got but i feel like for everybody in the industry that got straightened out pretty quickly because like it's like for everybody like Jeff Keighley, at some point he's going to be sitting with a Nintendo representative and be like, "This is a new console, right?" And they're going to be like, "Yes." So I I feel like for them like that initial announcement, and I I remember the initial announcement. I don't remember being confused either. Um, but I feel like the issue is more so, you know, if you look at like you know a mother, they have a Wii. The kids may want a Wii U, but. You know, they just look at like the Best Buy ad, and it just says like Wii U two ninety nine, and she may not understand what that means. Like in that, in that kind of you know, uh, you know, in, th- in that kind of interface, it do- it may not come across uh, as much as you know having like a different number behind it. Like I, I, you know, like we're used to our console numbering schemes, you know, making some kind of sense. Right. But but I mean, and and even then for Nintendo, most of their consoles, like you know, well, I guess maybe they called it Super Wii. Because <laughs> that, that go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that. A little nostalgic, you know. Or how about the next console, Super Nintendo 2? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be cool. Or just Nintendo 2. <laughs> I don't know. I feel we're going to see another a new console from Nintendo a lot sooner than we are from Microsoft Sony. So, yeah. This is valid conversation. Yes. That we're going to move on from right now. Yeah. Um. Let's go into our topic about uh kids being uh well video games being good for kids, which is great to hear. Um. Even though it's kind of like this, the way the, the study. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the study itself, but the 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 control group that they say you know these kids are better off for playing video games. I I would think in the world of video game playing. This is a small control. This is like a small group of people. So basically, it says that children and adolescents who spend less than an hour playing video games on a school day are better adjusted than those who don't play video games, according to a study by Oxford University. Now, these guys have also been doing studies that uh, concluded that video game playing video games uh, increases brain size, affect real life perception and behavior, and that multitasking uh, video games help improve brain function which makes a lot of sense. Uh, but uh, they said that low engagement was, so, you know, playing less than an hour a day, low engagement was associated with higher life satisfaction, which the the control group was like between 10 and 15 years old. And I'm just kind of like higher life satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> How could they have low life satisfaction between 10 to 15 years old? Yeah. You know? Mom didn't buy fudge pops this week. Life sucks. Well, I'm trying to think, like, at what age do kids start to get emo and just hate everything? Like, that happens usually right around, like, 14 or so, right? When they start to turn into a teenager and then they just, then everything's just terrible until they hit college. Yeah, everything everything's terrible. Uh, that never happened to me, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, low engagement was associated with higher life satisfaction and pro-social behavior and lower externalizing and internalizing problems, uh, whereas the opposite was found for high levels of play. So, like, if you played for more than an hour, your life sucks. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they actually say uh, people who spent more than three hours playing games were the least well-adjusted. So less than one hour good, more than three hours terrible. And to them, I say, fuck you guys. I'm perfectly well-adjusted. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but then it also, I mean, like, what type of games are you playing? Because, you know, it, it, people who play video games for less than an hour, that I, I, that's got to be like mobile shit. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't sit down in front of a console game or PC game and play for less than an hour. How how long does a session of Minecraft take? Because that's what I think all the kids ten to fifteen are playing, right? That is true. I don't know, like Minecraft, that's some serious shit right there. Like you gotta get in, <laughs> you gotta start planning. You can't just be running around, you know. You can't just be running around building shit. You gotta plan, Punch, like punching you know. trees, making wood. Exactly. No, you 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 can be doing that shit while you're talking to somebody. Like, look, we need to build this fort right away. Night's coming, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like uh, even like Minecraft, you can't just hop in Minecraft for less than an hour, you know, voluntarily. That you know, that's that's another thing. Like you know, some parents are probably restricting their kids uh, from video games. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, like, let me think. Like, what game could I play for less than an hour like, when I was that age or younger? Maybe Star Fox. I could beat Star Fox in less than an hour. That's because I was pro at that game. I've never beat the shit out of a game so much the way I did Star Fox. It was amazing. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why these kids all have high life satisfaction. Every day they just go home and speedrun beat a game. And so they're just like, I'm the boss. I can beat any game in under an hour. <laughs> uh, that would work for me. That would work for me. I don't know. But yeah, so for like, you know, under an hour, they're saying you're going to be well adjusted. Or, or better adjusted than people who don't play at all, and definitely better people than people they say the people who play for three hours. But you know, listen, dude, I can I, I can play StarCraft for seven hours straight. I have played StarCraft for seven hours straight, <laughs> and I am perfectly well adjusted. You know, and that's seven hours of anger, aggression. You know, leashing out on you know at, at people. You know. This is what happens when you don't, you know, wall off, dumbass. You know, it feels great. It's therapeutic. But, yeah, I'm going to have to conduct my own studies, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see, like, a little kid just hang out with you for, like, a week, and then they'll just follow your schedule. We'll see how adjusted they are. (laughs) They'll be ruined. (laughs) They'll be ruined. All right, but let's, let's get into our last topic here. GameStop is overhauling their trade-ins, and they're saying that you will get more money. And that's actually true. By, like, a dollar or two. So I'm still not going to trade in my games. You know that I just gave away uh, 10, 20, 25 games. I could have taken those games to GameStop and traded them in for some type of cashback. I would have gotten at least one game, and that is a fucking shame that I can get one game for trading in twenty five. Well, yeah, probably. I would have got at least at least at one, least one game, game. Yeah, you know, maybe two from the twenty five that I traded in. And I was just like, you know, fuck it. I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna like. I was talking to somebody at work, and they they they're on you know on uh, PS3 and Xbox 360, him and his kids, that like he just bought, like I think, those two consoles. Um, and him and his kids have been running through games. I was like, you know what? I got a whole bunch of games I'm not playing. You can have them. And uh, now I'm going to Gamer Heaven. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave the games. And uh, yeah, I don't regret it. I'd much rather give him the game so him and his kids can play it. Uh... And I thought it was interesting because his daughter actually has become attached to Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Ooh. And she's she's uh, she's trying to learn all the moves and stuff, so I'm actually going to let him borrow my fight stick. Not giving that away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Yeah, I don't regret that at all. Like, the money that GameStop would give me, it's kind of a, a slap in the face compared to what I've... Sh- you know, I, sh- I think what the games are actually worth. But, um, yeah, GameStop, they're overhauling 
their their trade-ins because like you know i guess it was a study that like what 40 percent of the people that walk into a GameStop don't even know that you could trade games i want to say it was more it was like two-thirds well, yeah see. so it might have been 60 percent yeah it, it was well. a lot of people it was a lot of people yeah so two-thirds I, of our customers don't understand what trade-in means which i think i think that might say something more about like who's still shopping at GameStop these days yeah <laughs> that is very true that is very true um yeah so I, obviously gamestop has been talking a lot about yeah you know, i guess internally about trade-ins and stuff like that to pull analysis out like this but i guess uh, they thought that their trade-in policy was too complicated and it was hard for the game associates to actually relay that to a person now I used to shop. I game. I shopped at GameStop for years. I never once asked how do they get the value of trade-ins. Like, hey, how much can I get for this? They tell me, and it was either yes or no decision. So I don't know how many gamers are actually, or people who are going in there who are asking about the process to the point that the game associates had to uh, actually explain it to them. Like I don't know who's asking this question. Well, I think it's more. I think it's it, it, at least the way I read it, because I mean they kind of give a little bit sample dialogue. Like when you're leaving, like the last thing they want you to say uh, is uh, like is something like, "When was the last time you sold us something?" Like they want to like use that to kind of be like remind people, and uh, like you know that you can do that. Like I guess that's what I'm, like if you go into GameStop, the word trade in and like is plastered all over the place. Like every like two feet like when you're looking at the games there's a little sticker like you know like trade in a game and get this game like for less like i don't un- so like i don't understand like how two-thirds of their customers couldn't understand what this is like if you're there it's in your face the whole time but yeah i guess the problem is that that what there were like 10 different there's like the chart had like 10 different ways that the price of the game was determined basically um and so like now it's only just four different ways. So I mean the chart itself is much simpler. It's probably easier for like a GameStop employee to look real quickly and to kind of explain that. Um, but but the, I mean the GameStop employees never do the math. They just scam the shit and the price comes up. Yeah, yeah. So I mean so. I, the the bottom line is at the end of the day you're gonna get like a dollar or two more on a trade-in. Yes. And that's well, they, it. They, I mean, they, what is it? I think they said like their base price for figuring things out went from like $8 to $10 or something. Yeah, so that means if you buy Call of Duty, turn around, trade it in the next day, instead of getting $30, you're going to get $32. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> like, it's, or, actually, I'm sorry, $35. Because yeah, like, it's, it's like 20% or something. It's a, yeah, it's a percentage. But. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's. I don't know. Like it's still it's still the same scenario. They're giving you a little bit more, but the amount of money they make on selling the trade-ins, like they're still yeah. going to limit the amount of new games they get. They're still going to make an obscene amount of money on you know selling you a trade-in for fifty-five dollars or sixty yeah. bucks. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the same thing. Don't give your money to GameStop. <laughs> I just want to leave the podcast like that. Like, don't give them the money. Now, they don't do give say, them the money. <laughs> they say here our, our average trade trade our average trade ranges from seven dollars twenty cents to fourteen dollars with a base of nine dollars. We are elevating the average base value of twenty percent to eleven dollars. So that's that's mainly what they're doing. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, I guess they're simplifying it and. Technically speaking, it is better, but it's still not. It's still not good. Well, I mean, I guess it's good insofar as like if you're looking to get rid of your backlog of games and you don't happen to know somebody who can take them. But even then, you know what? Give them to like a hospital or something. There's plenty of places that'll take your games. I mean, that's what you always see with child child's play and stuff. Like they're buying consoles and and whatnot for the kids at the, the children's hospitals. Like I'm sure you can find a charity to give them to. And there's online don't, portals to trade games. Yeah, like, to, with don't, people who want to trade and play. Don't stop. GameStop. What? <laughs> I'm trying to catch it. <laughs> like, like, stop giving your games to GameStop. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the, yeah. Because they're just going, yeah, I mean, the practices are not going to stop. It's, yes. it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. So. so just stop. Yeah. But, uh, 
yeah, I think that's that's gonna wrap us up tonight. How how do we do on time? One hour and three minutes so far. Boom, not bad. That that ain't bad at all. Let's look to see what's coming out. Nothing huge, I imagine. Uh let's see what we got. New games coming out. Uh, uh let's see what we got. Hmm. Yeah, I think now. Oh, Expendable Bros came out, which is free until December thirty first. Oh. It's 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 Bro Force, but it's with the Expendables three characters. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, so that and that's free until December thirty first. You can just go and grab it, whether you have Bro Force or not. So that. definitely check that out. Other than that, I'm not really seeing anything here, uh, guys. The, the original Super Mario Kart for the Wii U. If I'm seeing that oh, right. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. You're oh, right. that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, Garden Warfare for PS4. You got Madden coming out on the 26th. I think there's a remake of Metro 2023 coming out. Yeah, so other than that, no, that's that's it. Double, Double Dragon 2 for the Wii U. That, that's a good one. Yeah, and it's a shame that we have to mention games like Double Dragon 2 and Super <laughs> Mario Kart to kind of keep this segment going right now. I I'm never, not interested to keep it going. I'm just like, oh, these are these are great old games. That like I, I'd never understood why like summer is just so ignored. Like you know, I, I mean, I guess people want to hold games for you know the like the major titles for the for the holiday rush. But come on, like we're at a point right now where oh, I think the summertime should be just flooded with great indie games but i you know a man can dream life that's force. all it is right now life force for the wii u yeah it's another old one hmm. so okay so yeah that's the thing that's gonna wrap us up there gonna wrap us up uh thank you for listening as always you can catch us on soundcloud with soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons we are on itunes we are on uh we are on Stitcher Smart Radio as well uh, for Android and iOS devices for instant streaming. We are on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash match those buttons. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash match those buttons. And actually, Twitter is twitter.com slash MTB site. Have oh, we been saying it wrong? Uh, no, I, I just said it wrong that one time. Oh. Okay. Um, and then YouTube, which is youtube.com slash match those buttons. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening and. We're going to catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Later, guys. See you.